0: Hello and welcome to Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music and his fans. Joining me today is a new Bruce Bud, a fellow podcaster and someone who seems to love music almost as much as I do, or maybe even more. Bruce Budd, introduce
1: yourself. This is uh, Dylan McManus of the uh, Macca's Res Radio podcast
0: kind of stumbled onto each other i i've really i've caught up on a couple of uh episodes and really enjoyed it um thank Thank you I loved your five versions of born to run you picked one of my favorites which is the acoustical version i think it totally changes the song and, oh, and, yes. and in a lot, lot of ways i think it makes it more powerful and we also we will have to spend a little time talking about brian wilson's the buy-up love and mercy because i i was just amazed at the movie and how well it was done and you guys
1: reviewed it in one of your latest episodes Oh, yes, yes. Uh, we do a number of podcasts on the Macca's Reservation Radio Network. Uh, you heard, uh, I think you might have heard of it. Our newest show was like, a, it's called Delicious Hellfire, which yes. is a, it's, it's a fun little podcast where we get together, have a drink, and talk music, talk w- movies we watch kind of thing. That's our newest and most popular podcast. Uh, the Born to Run episode you mentioned was an episode we call uh, Top Five Records, where I pick a theme once a month and, like, say, I think this month's top five Alice Cooper songs I picked. Yes, I saw
0: that. Dylan, I'm going to talk to you about Bruce in a minute, but before, tell me what got you into podcasting and and why you decided to use this creative, you know, force.
1: Well, about five five years plus ago, um, 2009, 2010, I was making mix CDs for friends, putting little uh, things, and I started making more and more, and to the point where I had to send them all out to, like, and then I had to send one to Alaska, one to Florida, wow. and I was there it was like, can you give me those songs and this songs? And everybody would ask for a specific mix of songs, mm-hmm. people. And I have I have a love for music. That's you know I I still collect CDs, I collect vinyl, and yeah, I just love music to death. So after a while, a friend of mine was like, you should just you'll probably save a lot more money if you just make it into a podcast. <laughs> so they yeah. could download it yes yeah and it's a lot it's a lot simpler and people can get it you know for free and i tell people each and every episode you know if you can buy the music you know just you know i love that you're listening to the show and everything but go out and search for your own music you know that kind of thing and i really love podcasting nowadays and last year we started a new show called delicious Hellfire, which is getting out there to other parts of the world which astounds me because i think we have listeners in japan germany and canada you oh, know neat. Like, It's a really, it's really a nice feeling. And I was like, and we're silly, you know.
0: (laughs) But you guys, there's a joy in your podcast that I just love. Um, I've talked about this before, but one of the things I hate, despise, uh, whatever negative word you want to use, are people who podcast that hate watch a show. Or, you know, the only thing, they're they're just trashing the thing they're podcasting about. Um, you know, I listen, I, I, one of my other podcasts is a Doctor Who podcast, and I had listened to a um, podcast about the series before I started podcasting. Mm-hmm. And the guys were just so unhappy with uh, Stephen Moffat and what he was doing, and just every episode was... Well, you know, this is horrible again. This sucks
1: again. And I'm like, you know, I don't need to hear that. And so I quit I listening. I agree. Um, I just feel like uh, one of my trademark terms I always say is stay positive. And that's it. Yeah. I'm just quoting the Hold Steady because I'm a big fan as well. But yeah. it's it, what's what's the point of mentioning something that's going to bring the negative? You know, you can you can mention a little bit, but I, I try to keep things as positive as possible. because. Well, yeah. I mean, why would you want to be negative? About us? If, if we ever do something on our podcast where I'm like a negative against it, I just, I would rather not mention it and then just keep the positivity going, you know?
0: Yeah. And, you know, um... Colleen and I just reviewed, you know, we did The Rising uh, for 9-11 Anniversary. Thank you. And we talked about a couple of songs we didn't care for. You Mm -hmm. know, so it isn't that we sugarcoated. It was just, you know, that this particular song doesn't speak to me. But I know it may speak to others.
1: Oh, it's like a personal preference, you know. Not everybody's going to be like a fan of like a – was it a – Friends to Friends, Skin to Skin, yeah. the same song, or Paradise, you know, but some of those songs, you know, some people treasure, I mean, it's yeah. everybody's personal opinion.
0: Absolutely, and and so I think that's, you know, what's the beauty of music is that in a lot of ways it's universal, but in other ways it's very individual. And what speaks to you may not speak to me, but that doesn't mean I can't love and enjoy and in fact one of the things that rob my uh podcast leader suggested um you know i was talking about that i'm really excited about doing this bruce podcast but i have a couple of friends who um are fans of other bands Mm -hmm. and he said well why don't you once you get going tuesdays are for bruce And Thursdays can be another band. And so um, next week, I'm going to have Wendy Hembrock, who does Tuning into Sci-Fi TV podcast, is a huge Pearl Jam fan. And so she's going to be on the episode. um, And like she says, Eddie Vedder is a huge Bruce fan. So we're going to talk about their influences, but we're going to talk about um, Pearl Jam. And she's going to give me a Pearl Jam 101 you know, and because I don't know a lot about them kind of listen and then we're going to talk about it. So I- I'm excited about that part of the podcast as well, you know, oh yeah. Uh, so we'll see. So tell me about your Bruce background. How did you find Bruce? How'd you find uh, his music? And uh, how long have you been a fan?
1: Well, I, I can honestly say that, you know, I discovered Bruce's family. I always call my family a Springsteen family. Uh, that's how we're, you know, my brother got into it and then turned it on to my sister who turned it on to me. So you remember a bootleg cassette of, I want to say it's like a 73 show at Flower Hour. Uh, the song was called Bishop Dance, and I swear yes. to God, it was like my lullaby for the first few years of my life. To the point where I can actually quote that song. Wow, that's, that's really low key. I mean, that is, that's really
0: back. I mean, that's going deep cuts.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's how it started. And uh, ever since I was a kid, you know, we were raised in like a Springsteen family. I'm actually a Navajo Indian. Uh, okay. I was born in Seattle and I live in Arizona now. Mm-hmm. And we, it's a Native American family and we're just. Like, again, we started with Bruce. My family saw, you know, like my brothers and sisters saw Bruce before I had a chance to. Uh, so I remember playing, like, a tennis racket and listening to uh, uh, You Can Look, But You Better Not Touch when I was, right. like, five years old, you know. It's always been around. It's always been constant. Um, and like I said, the brings family. Everybody just from brother to sister to me, it just it keeps going down into more of the family.
0: Very awesome. That is uh, cool. Um you know, my family was more, uh, my mom and dad were big, um, you know, country and Western fans. And so, uh, so I heard a lot of Merle Haggard and Hank Williams and Johnny Cash growing up, Loretta Lynn and such. So, um, But, you know, my dad, uh, before he passed, acknowledged, you know, the, the greatness of Bruce and uh, was happy that I had a passion about it. He was just happy I was passionate about music. So, very nice. So, um, have you seen Bruce perform?
1: Yes, I have. Uh, okay. I've been to, I think, 11 shows. Very nice. Uh, my first was, uh, the, actually, the, uh, was, he did two nights in Phoenix at the America West Arena, 92, 93. I'm a little sketchy on the dates. Okay. He, he did two nights of the other band tour, I think it was called, the Ooh. Human Touch Lucky yes. Town Tour. And I saw one of those nights. In my memory, I swear he did Red-Headed Woman at that show. But my memory is a little hazy because I was 12, I think 12 years old when I saw him. Um, It wasn't until, like, I seen the reunion tour, Rising. Nice. One Dust, Seeger Sessions, Mm -hmm. uh, Magic, Working on a Dream, and two shows on the Wrecking Ball Tour. Nice. Uh, Yeah, I just, uh, I got a nice smattering of shows, and all of them were very unique.
0: You know, I, I did not see the Seeger session. He did not come anywhere close to Dallas. And I, um, speaking of, I did not love the speak the Seeger Sessions uh, disc. I mean, it was okay, but it, it just didn't speak to me, and um, so I didn't go out of my way to see the show live. And uh, my friend Sam, and for those of you following along on the. Set lusting bus, uh, Bruce drinking game, take a drink. Um, you know, Sam said it was as close to a religious experience as he's ever had, seeing the Seeger sessions.
1: Oh, I I, I kind of agree. Uh, when I first heard the record, I used to, I still do a weekly Hootenanny show in Gallup, Mexico, on Friday okay. night where people bring acoustic instruments. So the songs he were he was covering, was songs we were familiar with and yeah. we knew. and we didn't play them all that much, but we're like. It sounds like what we do yeah. each and every week, but it sounds like it sounds like the E Street Band with acoustic instruments. Yes, you know, it just really, it was really, it was like, I guess it could be like a church kind of like feeling, but it's yeah. like a hootenanny feeling, a folk feeling. But it's, yes. it was like a really great Springsteen show, and
0: that's what I've really heard. Fun. And then you know, I've, um, you know, I bought the DVD of you know him in Ireland, and mm. you see it is amazing. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that would be good. And I've also heard, you, you know, I didn't, my first show wasn't until the rising tour, mm-hmm. but I'd heard
1: the other band was actually a pretty good show. They were a pretty cracking band. If you really yeah. take them down like piece by piece, all the players were just amazing. Yeah. You know, you had St. Fontaine of Lone Justice and think like, Tommy Sims. Um, uh, what's his name on drums? He played for Bowie as well. Mm-hmm. And, a lot of the backup singers, and it, yeah. it was just a really cracking band. But I guess everybody's just had a well, yeah, stigma for the E Street band, but it was still a great show. And he doesn't play those songs all that often, so no, really he doesn't.
0: Like, In fact, this is kind of controversial, but I have said, and Sam and I agree, that I would be okay for a show. That went from Tunnel of Love forward, and that's all he played.
1: <laughs> oh, that would be. I, I, I would second that.
0: <laughs> I mean, I realize. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love Born to Run. I love Badlands. I go crazy. I mean, it would be you know, but just to have all those songs that don't get played a lot
1: mm-hmm. would
0: be interesting.
1: So oh, yeah. yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. I'm, I'm a fan of music where they play the obscure stuff. It yes. probably makes me a music snob. But I just like, you know, that, that rare song you don't hear, you know, that's that's yes. really tempting to me. It was a couple of years ago, they had this great uh, gif or picture, and mm-hmm. it was a wanted poster. And it goes, uh, What we wanted to be played on this tour. And it showed three covers of three albums yes. or four albums. It was uh, Tunnel of Love, Human Touch, Lucky Town, and uh, Magic, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> And I thought it was hilarious, and it's true because there's some really yeah. fantastic songs on all those albums.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I I've never heard him do Better Days, and that's one of my favorite songs. And and there are, I, I was lucky enough in Houston they did One Step Up. It was a sign request, and nice. they said it was the first time that the whole band had done it since the original, you know, Tunnel of Love tour. And uh that was that was a highlight. That was really fun with Patty singing backgrounds. So true. yeah, that was very, very nice. Well good. So it sounds like as long as you can remember Bruce has been part of your life. But are there any albums or songs that mean a great deal to you or that give you special memories or maybe some I, I love the picture of Young Dylan with his tennis racket playing a guitar, you know, <laughs> doing Bobby Jean. But you know, so anything specific or
1: okay. you, you think of? Well, yeah, I, I got into I got into guitar playing when I was like 14 years old, and yes. I was into like say, um, uh, well, I, you know, you start with like my I started with electric guitar, so it was like punk music. It'd be like yeah. the, the New York Dolls, the Ramones, Kiss, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. When I got a little bit older, I got so into. So
0: I'm going to stop you there just to give us a thought. Um, your when did you graduate high school?
1: Rough? See, 95, 96. Okay,
0: okay. Just getting an idea. See, I graduated in '77. Oh, okay. So God. yeah, so just trying to get an idea of your, you know, the your teenage years, which are so influential musically for it. So okay, got that. All right. So your New York Dolls, this other punk stuff. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, and then um, after a while, I wanted to start to write like my own songs. When right. 18, Nineteen years old, and probably started a little late. You know, it's. I remember going to like, I think, uh, not orientation for college, but you know, getting registered. Yeah. And I had a a copy of a uh, Bob Dylan "Blonde on Blonde" on CD for the first time. And I listened to that, and I was like, I am not going to college.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I can tell you what it was. It was Visions of Johanna, hearing that. Oh, the- wow. And I, that really changed it. And then I started getting into songwriting. And at the time, I was like very much influenced by Johnny Cash's American Recordings.
0: You know, um, they just did um, – uh, Country Music Television did a little documentary on him that just was – being played and I and they they showed uh, Ruben talking about it and um, both um, you know Roseanne Cash mm-hmm. and um, John um, the his son I'm drawing a blank on him but John Carter yeah John Carter and that you know those are great albums I mean those are. Just amazing that you go back um, does an actual couple of Springsteen covers that rock, uh, you know. Just uh, this voice, this this all this, you know. Um, one of the things that I think is amazing is Springsteen has a lot of the same voice that he's always had, mm-hmm. versus like Frank Sinatra and Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. The, toward the end of their career, their voice was showing the miles, which made it even more precious. Yes. You know, um, I think uh, Dylan is a certain degree of that, right?
1: Mm hmm. And I- so.
0: Um, yeah, that I could see that would be a big influence on you. So I got to ask, as a, as a dad, what did mom and dad say about you not going to college?
1: Uh, yeah, they just said, do what you love. <laughs> oh, well,
0: that, nothing great. That that sounds like great parents. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: American Recordings led to um, me getting back into Springsteen because of songwriting. And I got into, um, actually, uh, I went back to Nebraska. That was my favorite mm-hmm. album for a long time, uh, Springsteen's. It yes. changes over the years. It's kind of like your favorite Beatle. Yes. You start out young, you want to be John Lennon, and then when right. you get older, you're Paul McCartney. But if you're cool, you're George Harrison or Ringo Starr. Right. Star. right. Uh, Nebraska led to Ghost of Tom Joad, which I thought was an amazing, amazing record. I thought It just, was just outstanding. they are just like mini movies mm-hmm. in and those things. But Nebraska for its starkness. And if you listen to the like American recordings in Nebraska back to back, they're very sparse and very great albums um, from there. Uh, but in recent years, honestly, I've been going a little backwards and I really love uh, The Wild, The Innocent, and The E Street Shuffle. Might be my favorite album. Nice. Because this just, that's just, I don't know. It's, it's like every day is, it's like East E Street Shuffle is the beginning of the week. And it mm-hmm. ends with uh, on a Sunday night with New York City Serenade. That's that's what I figure.
0: Oh, that's I like that. Uh, can tell you're a songwriter. That's that's a very poetic thought. Um, that's you know, as being a someone who came to Bruce uh, kind of late. Um, I was aware of him in 1980 but did not become obsessed till I saw him live in 2002. Mm -hmm. I do not have as much affection for the earlier stuff as some, Mm -hmm. uh, though I certainly appreciate, you know, a lot of those songs. And and it's amazing, you know, what he's trying to do. And I would love, I love when he pulls out one of the really old ones, you know, in a live
1: uh, set. Uh, Neat. Favorite songs. I, I was thinking I would go back to lines from certain songs. Yeah. The way People say, baby, we were born to run, or if it's a sin is a lie, you know, that kind of those, those kind yeah. of lyrics. Um, I go to like, I the first two I think of are not even first one that's probably not even obscure, but it's just like, um, Dead men Walking, mm-hmm. uh, Sister, I don't ask for forgiveness, my sins are all I have. <sighs> that's a great line.
0: That is, that is amazing, right? Yeah, you know, um, You know, that's I love the it's um, and I'm going to get the line wrong, but uh, living in his own skin and can't stand the company. Yeah, I think that is says so much about accepting yourself, your flaws, your challenges and no being liking yourself first. Mm -hmm. And and that's um, amazing when you think about
1: that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can live your life by certain songs of Springsteen's catalog, you know, you just yeah. it's, it's a song for every mood. And I really enjoyed that. And yeah. uh, another one I would say, honestly, uh, probably Backstreet's probably in the top five, because I think everybody has the same reference when they think of the song is uh, uh, I was mad at you when you well, I started, I'm gonna paraphrase it right now. Uh, I'm really tr- trying to I have it in my head all the time. I can sing it. Yeah. in the concert, I can't think of it right now. I was mad when you went away. That line. I think yes. Everybody knows that line, and everybody's felt that line. And I can tell you, every, almost every experience, you know, i seen the in live. That's the one that always gets to me and clen- clenches my heart. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh,
0: Tenth Avenue. I mean, um, Land of Hope and Dreams is something that really meant a lot to me. I, um, it just hit at a time when um, having a few struggles, and I ended up. Um, quoting it at a friend's funeral and then at my father's funeral. Um, That's a song that gets me every time I hear it, you know, so absolutely. Um, So earlier, and you haven't got to hear it yet, but um, the Philly Elvis was on the show, and he talked about that in high school he played Rosalita, before he, every baseball game he played. That was his getting ramped, getting ready to go. So is there any particular song that maybe when you're struggling with something you may listen to or when you want to celebrate, anything like that?
1: Celebration-type Springsteen song. That's a that's a good question. Um, I'd probably go with something like I uh, – I don't know. That's a really good question. I never thought of one that like, pumps you up kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh Rosalita is really good, but I'd probably um, like out in the streets, Sherry Darling kind of thing, yeah. kind of like a, you know, you, uh, your mom is yapping in the backseat, you know, you just get you going, you put you, a smile on your face, you can always put on glory days at any time, and and you just, you know, you're, you think about that, you think about high school or whatever, or you think about your friends, and you're like, okay, that's good. You, you know,
0: know um, I know... That, as a hardcore Springsteen podcaster, I should probably be a little bit of a snob and go, "Oh, grow days, but I gotta tell you, when I hear that song, <laughs> I immediately break into a smile, and
1: i you I sing every lyric
0: I do sing every lyric, <laughs> you know, and and we also we play with that a lot on um. Like, I have really good friends who um, are basketball fans of the San Antonio Spurs. And um, when they're playing poorly, they'll bring up the fact that, you know, they had 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 a really good run. And I'll tweet them or email them with glory days. And uh, when my son um, was in college, he would always want to go to the Catholic Um, elementary, middle school that he went to. He went first through eighth grade at a Catholic school here in Dallas. And uh, he'd always want to go by. And without him seeing, I'd pull up Glory Days.
1: And when we're going by,
0: I'd play it. And he just would roll every time, you know?
1: (laughs) We joke. We joke all the time about saying, say you see Springsteen live and he goes, oh, if we didn't hear this song, he could play like an obscure song. Or if he right. didn't play this song, you know, that kind of thing. But when you're seeing him live, you know, it, you know, it was like, oh, do we, do we really need to hear Badlands again? But as soon as Badlands kicks in or, or Born to Run, your hands are up in the air. You're singing to every lyric, you know. And I think that's what makes, uh, makes it even better. I don't know. I just, I, I, I enjoy that fact.
0: I, I totally agree with you, Dylan. In fact, you know, um Sam thinks of it as very, um, logical that if he plays Badlands, that means he didn't get to play Jesse James from the Siegler session, you know, Mm -hmm. um, if for every glory days, we didn't get to hear the promise or Mm -hmm. something. And, um, but I... (laughs) i'm right there with you when uh i'm not a spirit in the night fan uh -hmm. live i just uh you know i'm okay with it but um you know when he goes into badlands the energy in the room and everyone going crazy and Mm -hmm. where hands are up and everything it is uh, a little bit embarrassing but that's part of the joy
1: right Oh, I agree. It's like you're driving a car and Born to Run comes on. Your hands go up during the whoa whoa, whoa parts. I oh, still yeah. driving my car, you know.
0: <laughs> well, and my son laughs because, you know, on the bridge, you know, I've got my hand and I'm holding in fact I'm doing this as we talk. I'm you know, when he's you know, and it's just it you can't stop doing that. It's it's hilarious. Oh, so um so you said you wanna uh, write so have you uh, continued to write have you made music your career or um, no not really
1: uh, well I, 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 it was um I got to a point where um I had to not really get a job but I still do once a week I do perform a show in Galveston, in Mexico just a Hoot nanny show bring a right. Cars. Everybody sits in. It's really informal type of thing. Uh, I I do that once a week to keep my sanity, and I still like to sing. I still like to play music, and um, well, right six days out of the week, I'm a home care provider. So. Okay.
0: You know, um, you are, and I've told this story before, so I apologize to you, dear listener. But um, my wife's brother uh, grew up in the '60s. And played in a lot of bands. He was a drummer and, you know, they did Catholic student centers and school dances and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, all this stuff. And he had said that um, if he had his way, he would find a bunch of buddies and find a barn and would play (laughs) on Sunday for two or three hours. Oh yeah! Don't care if they have anyone listening, just for the pure joy of playing music. So that sounds like you guys have an audience, though. But you get to go and enjoy, and you get to, you know, feel, you know that that creativity and making you, you know, kind of um, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, right? And uh, that's awesome.
1: Oh, I enjoy it. It's just it's, whether we have a crowd or not, you can hear anything we play from Johnny Cash to Springsteen to Gogo Bordello you know it's yeah. just we like to just keep it keep it fun you know depending on what we you know who who the audience is for I, I like doing that but you know life happens and you know well it-
0: it, it's funny because um, ralph uh, is my wife's brother and he talked about that um one of his friends that he was in a band with has made it his career. I mean, he, they do weddings and other shows and he has made music, you know, has made a career, you know, performing live and doing stuff. And uh, so they needed a drummer and they said, hey, Ralph, do you want to come and play? And he said, God, I'd love to. And, And he says, you know, in high school and college, it was a social event just as much as it was a job. Mm-hmm. He says, and all of a sudden here's these people, it's a job for them. They showed up, they weren't talking beforehand. They just like, <laughs> where do I set up? They set their up, they played their music. They were talking all this technical and Ralph's like, okay, how does it go? <laughs> Tell me <laughs> how it goes so I can know how to drum. And then he says afterwards, you know, we there's none of us going to get beers or anything It or get something to eat. It's like, okay, shift's <laughs> ended, let's head home. And he said he was a little not disillusioned but he said it was a nice to see a different side of that music you know so um and he was glad in a way that he kept it amateur so that he could just it's still fun to him
1: and enjoy i like that i like that it's, it's just once a week and i like getting it out of my system type of thing and yes it, it's just a really good feeling and especially when you get somebody shake your hand after it's like i was really good or yeah know, You know, it's it's a pleasant
0: thing. Do do you guys pick up the signs like Bruce and take requests? (laughs) uh, Not
1: really. That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be cool, though. I mean, I I thought of that. Uh,
0: And do you guys uh, normally have a pretty set set list or what you're going to do? Or do you guys do a lot of improvising?
1: Um, We we keep it really loose, you know, no real set list, because I think that would get a little tedious every now and then. Uh, well, but we do play, you know. I can honestly tell you the first time I joined and played with Hoot Nanny at the show, the first song I ever played, and I was trying to keep it, you know, simple for the yeah. bands. I didn't know them. They didn't know me. Right. I actually played um, Open All Night from Nebraska. Ah, nice. And that's our, that's our, like, kind of our opener we do uh the Hoot Nanny show. Every time we kick in, I just say, let's Roadhouse, and we just kick into that. That is a really good.
0: And, you know, I want to have a, and we might, I might have to have you on, um, you know, the way we did the rising. I'd like to do that with other albums, I would you know, love like Nebraska or, you know, going through track by track and discuss. Mm-hmm. And as bleak and as stark as Nebraska is, there is joy and
1: hope in some of those songs. Oh yes. Oh yes. You know, uh, open all night. is just, if you, there's a version on a bootleg album called Nebraska live where he tells like an almost, eight minute long story just introducing the song and it's a really lovely story yeah fascinating to listen to and um I don't know I just always felt like and I think Eddie Vedder did a version live uh, Mm a few years back and he he explained it well too he goes he feels like it's somebody driving home you know and I was like I like that I like that that kind of thing
0: I like it too and great um I I could see that would be a great song to start you know Nanny. and so
1: that's cool and our yeah. traditional closing night song is actually uh i don't want to go home by the Southside johnny and Asbury. perfect but we do it like uh, uh springsteen's uh 1996 version you know like ghost of tom joe tour type stuff
0: oh nice yeah Oh wow. Um I, I may have to have you bring a recorder and uh give me a bootleg. I'd love to hear you guys perform. That sounds like a lot of
1: fun. Oh it is. It is. You know, it's a lot of fun. It keeps me mm-hmm. sane. I've been doing it for over ten years now, so Okay. So we kind of
0: pushed on this a little bit, but is there anything specific about your life uh that how Bruce has influenced you or anything you else you want
1: to share about memories? Um, friends, Bruce shared with me. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I go back to like family. I think it's about yeah. family. I think of a line in um, Highway Patrol men, you know, uh, man turns his back on his family, he ain't no friend of mine, type of thing. Yeah, uh, I love that. In, in the last couple of years, we had the entire uh, we take care of our own off a of wrecking ball. Yes, I think it always goes back to family, and that's something we've said to each other all the time. You know, we all take care of each other, we take care of our own. Um,
0: yeah. You know, the other day, um, I've done it a couple of times. There was somebody unloading some packages, and I helped them unload. And oh, that was so nice. I said, "Ah, you know, we got to take care of our own." Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was picking up some food at um, at a local. Um, chicken and fish place rio's chicken and fish and it's really good and it's one of those you have to call in advance because they fry it right then and there and so you know oh it's just amazing but they have this wonderful um homemade pound cake and um and so this uh this really nice couple was waiting for their food and uh, i was going and they said um they, they said, is it good? I said, oh, the food's wonderful. You've never eaten. They go, no, we just have heard. I said, oh, you're going to love it. I said, did you, did you get some pound cake? And they said, no, we'll have to do that next time. And so when my order came, I ordered, I said, give me two extra pieces of pound cake. And I reached over and I said, here, this is mine. If you like it, great. Next time you can buy for somebody else. And, uh, you know, I said, hey, we got to take care of our own. And, right. you know, it is just the thought of this, um, you know, You talk about family, and I told this story at my parents' house. My mom is still alive. Uh, But the Christmas after my dad had passed, Mm -hmm. um, I talked about because, um, you know, Bruce and them had talked about when Clarence was gone. Mm -hmm. And the whole, if you're here and we're here, here, they're here. Dylan, is there anything – I mean, there's nothing – I mean, I got tears the first time I heard
1: him say that. Mm. And I totally agree, too. Uh, uh, the Apollo Theater Show on Sirius, and you're just yes. like, oof. Yeah, and because –
0: you know, um, it sounds like you have a big family, and and mm-hmm. so I, I have a brother and I have a sister, but I have cousins and and we would always go to my grandparents' house. They owned a dairy farm in Louisiana, mm-hmm. and you know we'd have all these cousins and aunts and uncles and all this relatives and this you know we'd have tons of people there in the house, and um and especially New Year's Day because that was my grandmother's birthday, mm-hmm. and so they would kind of well, OK, you know, it's the holiday season and we didn't get to see each other, everyone for Christmas, maybe. But New Year's Day, let's come over and we'll, you know, celebrate with grandma. And and you had this feeling of family being there. And, you know, so I told that story to my mom. I said, because you do feel those ghosts of the people that have moved on or the people that are traveling and can't be there, that they're here as long as we remember them, as long as we think of them.
1: Oh, Yeah. I think that's yeah it go, that goes back to if you're here we're here then they're here yeah I, I totally agree with that. I, it's, yeah, it's just like, yeah. like like I said earlier every, there's a spring scene song for every moment of your life, you know? It just <laughs> there there really is. Um,
0: you know the uh, I I I have not done it yet, but I'm like, you know, they have those everything you need to know about life you learn from Star Trek or Doctor Who <laughs> or, you know, and everything I learned in the first grade. There is a everything I need to learn about life, uh, you know, Bruce Springsteen taught me. Oh, yeah. Um. So, Dylan, hopefully we're going to get a tour next year. Is there a wish list of a couple songs you hope to hear him perform live?
1: Ooh, that's a great question. And I actually, last uh, two shows, I think uh, he played in the Wrecking Ball Tour I saw. I think it was uh, the last show uh, of the tour in Glendale, Arizona, Wrecking Ball Tour. um, It was in December, I believe, 2012. I actually made my own sign. Oh, good. And I can tell you the two songs I had on there. Okay. On one side of the sign... Uh, my all-time, probably favorite, even though I came so close to hear this in Portland in 2012. Yes. He didn't play it. Uh, it's Held Up Without a Gun, uh, the Ooh. B-side, Hungry Heart. Okay. And my other side was, as much as I want to pick like something up, Wild and Innocent, I yeah. love this uh, YouTube clip of him doing Talk to Me live. Uh, the Southside Johnny and Asbury Juke song that was yeah. on The Promise. Oh, my God. That was amazing. Uh, talk to me. Um I would say Wild Billy's Circus Story, Mm -hmm. East Street Shuffle, and uh, I know it's a long shot, but uh, New York City Serenade. Wow.
0: Yeah, those are good. Those are really good. Um, (laughs) But
1: I wouldn't wouldn't care. I'd be at a Springsteen show. Yes,
0: exactly. It is, you know, it is... um, Like, you have a mental... um, Like, in my back of my mind I have a mental Bruce Springsteen bingo card.
2: Then mm-hmm. like,
0: okay, if I could talk to these, you know, that would be pretty interesting. But yeah, that's uh absolutely that's that's cool.
1: That's very cool. For uh Springsteen stories. I have so you you can tell one for every concert you've been yes. to it. it's so difficult. Sure. Uh but yeah next year I'm hoping there's a tour. I want to see at least a couple. Yeah. Uh, I, and me and my sister, my sister Brenda, my sister she's seen two more shows than me, and my mom has seen two more shows than her. Wow! So, oh, cool. Um, thirteen for my sister Brenda and eleven for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, wow, you know, I was just like, I'm, I'm eventually gonna catch up, but <laughs> it's just the uh, every show's different. Like, yeah, first, I saw the reunion tour '99. I got my sister on the floor, gave her a birthday ticket, or I, 2003, I won tickets on Mark and Brian's radio show in LA, and I got front row at Dodger Stadium. Ooh, nice! And you know, every story is unique in its own, you know. And I, every every show, you can say I I heard this song here, I heard this song here. Yeah. This was the highlight. We do a when we do see Springsteen on a road trip, we listen to nothing but Springsteen until we get to the venue. And we we in the last couple of years, we joke about it, but we somehow predict some of the songs that are on the set list that night. Yeah. It's weird. We were joking in Anaheim in 2007. We're like, mm-hmm. we missed the first night because we got lost trying to find the venue. Oh, how funny. But that was the first night he played Ghost of Tom Joad with Tom Morello. Yes. So we got the second night, and he opened the show with Thunder Road. Ah. We were just like, whoa, we were saying that yesterday. And then Morello came out, killed Tom Joad, and everybody's, floor was, everybody's jaws on the floor. And the last show we saw on Wrecking Ball – we were joking with a family friend, his name's Eddie, and we played the 1978 live version of Prove It All Night. Right. We were, we were all joking. We are like, oh man, wouldn't it be great if we heard this tonight? First eight songs of that set were audibles, and like the fourth or fifth song in was the piano intro to the 78 version of Prove It All Night. We are just like, that's it, game over. Game you know, over. Um,
0: I And I will tell you why you don't wish too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I had... Had seen him seven times and never heard him do Thunder Road live, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, oh man, I mean that's uh, iconic. It's classic. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when he did the Houston, the Dallas show here for the NCAA tournament, um, he ended with Thunder Road by himself, Patty singing a little bit of harmony. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I find okay, scratch that off my list. <laughs> so then Sam went to see him in Cincinnati. And he said, I don't want to spoil this for you. I go, no, no, not a spoil. He says, well, he did Dream Baby Dream with the pump organ. And he says, and it was really good. He said, of course, Sam being Sam, about halfway through, he quit the pump organ and it was recorded music to him Mm -hmm. singing. And he says, no one else seemed to bother, but it bothered me. And I go, of course it bothers you, Sam. You're such a Sam. But um. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, that would be great. And the three times I saw him—Dallas, Nashville, Houston—he ended with Thunder Road each time. He didn't <laughs> do Dream Baby Dream. I'm like, okay, I can't complain. I can't complain that you know he's ending with that song. So that's that's uh that's pretty funny.
1: I do love that song, and there's a great live version you should check out. My brothers were yeah. at the show, I believe. Devils and Dust Tour, 2005, Seattle, Washington. Okay. Had- minute version of dream baby dream and it's just hypnotic it's my wow. favorite version of that song you're just like what just happened it was like i, I can't believe people who are in the audience like just wow it well, just a great performance
0: you know the i was playing it because i loved the video they did at the end of the first half of the Wrecking Ball tour, right? And then, oh, yeah, you know, they did Wrecking Ball and kind of High Hopes were kind of almost together, you know, and and that video I think captured, you know, that all apologies to Disney, the happiest place on the world is a Bruce Springsteen show. Agreed. And um, so I had played it, and so my wife and son are in the car and. We were actually in Louisiana visiting my parents and my mom, and we, I played it, and my mo- my lovely bride, who is not a huge Springsteen fan, said, well, "That's a pretty simple song." <laughs> <laughs> and Chris is like, "Why, why, why are you, why are you uh, putting a wet blanket on dad?" <laughs> and like, okay, play it again, and then all of a sudden, she says, "It's almost like uh, meditation. The simplicity." Yeah. Right. And the repetition. And um, it has now become our favorite family song. I like it, that. Yeah. Uh, you know, when she will want to clear her mind, she plays Dream Baby Dream. Um, we are huge, you know, cowboy fans. And mm-hmm. so uh, the last thing we do before we turn on the TV is we play Dream Baby Dream. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Um, You know, I'm when I go for a job interview, you know, my son will say dream, baby, dream, you know, and and so it's kind of become our unofficial family theme song, just which is how weird and I don't know if you've ever checked the original version
1: Uh, by suicide. Yeah. Yeah totally different song oh yeah it's it, it's, it's still it, it, it yeah i was like i like the fact that it's you're getting ready for interviews interview type song and it's a 70s yeah. punk song you know Yeah, I like that it's good it's yeah good. it
0: is it's very it nice yeah.
1: and it, it, it's it's really beautiful if you think of it was in the in that vein of um gospel church kind of vibe you know it's 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 a great track it's it's something that i've never seen live so
0: yeah i haven't either and i would love to see that um i will have to check out that version uh that sounds awesome uh you know just think back in the 70s even 80s right Mm -hmm. you just uh, you just talked about you had a bootleg that was a cassette Oh yes. You know, and now then we are blessed because you know, there are high quality, you know, DVDs, Blu-rays of different yeah. shows. Yeah. Um, you know, Springsteen's catalog themselves are uh, releasing live shows, mm-hmm. and I definitely the download them and keep them. I um and I love the idea Dylan that you stress that um because I see a lot of people going, well, where can I watch this new season of a TV show mm-hmm. for free? And I'm, and I go, well, you know, it does cost money to make this thing you love. Why yeah. wouldn't you want to support it?
1: I totally agree with that. It's just, uh, people, well, nowadays, you know, the music music industry is so different. Yeah. And, uh, bands have to tour more to, you know, at least just get by. Right. I always tell people, you know. If you can buy the music, but more important, when you got a show, buy a shirt. You know, it like keeps the tour going. You know, right. buy something. You know, I even if I have the record already, I might buy another copy just because I saw them in a the club. You know, it keeps the tour going. You know, people I, have to eat. You know,
0: I absolutely do the same thing. Um, uh, you know, I uh, Sarah Hickman is a local. Um, Singer songwriter from Austin that I've been friends with forever, and so when she'll come to Dallas and tour, I own everything she owns. You know, I, I, you know, and um, and I always buy a couple of CDs because when I try to give her twenty bucks to say here this is a half a mm-hmm. tank of gas, she's like, Jesse will and take some CDs. So you know, I end up buying, and you know, I do that. I almost. If I enjoy the band even halfway, mm-hmm. I go and I say, Look, for 20 bucks, I can get a couple CDs, and it, it's helping them. It, it's supporting music. Uh, yeah. And it's just so smart.
1: It's good. And you know, you're doing something good. You get to see the band next time. Maybe they'll remember you. You know, it's just, yes. it's a really nice feeling.
0: It is. It is a really great feeling. So um, this has been so much fun. I, I, I hope know, I've had had really fun. Fun you had uh, as much fun. So tell us where can we find you and tell us a little bit about the podcast. You did
1: a little bit more, but go ahead. Let's give us a plug. Sure, sure, sure. Um, real quick, I wanted to mention something from the beginning of the show. Yeah. I liked your Doctor Who thing. I, I want to check out your podcast for that. I oh, really love the season premiere. Uh, the Born to Run the Born to Run acoustic version. I would have. I, I really loved if I would have put the one that's on Video Anthology, where he does that great introduction. Oh yeah. The story, and I, I. I thought that was on the Chimes of Freedom EP, but I guess I was wrong. But it was a quick show to do. And
0: yeah, I, yeah. no. So before we go to that, um, I don't know if you happen to um, go see. And this, and listener, hang mm-hmm. with me. You don't think I'm going to connect it, but I'm going to. So, Dylan, I don't know if you happen to go to – they had a – the last – they did a special theater 3D event of the last two uh, episodes of the previous season
1: of Doctor Who. Did you I would love to have went, but it's about 200 miles away from me, okay. the closest place like that.
0: <laughs> so um, they show that. They show the meditation of the Doctor. Mm -hmm. And then they showed Will Wheaton interviewing uh, Peter Capaldi and Jenna Coleman. Oh, wow. And it was really good. And they mentioned that the doctor plays the guitar. Oh, yes. Peter Capaldi says, yeah. And they called me up and they said, we need you to go with us to blank, blank. And I don't remember the name, but it's this huge – classic guitar shop that's in London. (laughs) And he says, and we need to pick which guitar your doctor's going to (laughs) play. And Peter Capaldi says, okay, that's the best day in the world when you're told you get to go pick <laughs> Dr. Who's guitar. The only day better is the day they tell you you're going to be the doctor. <laughs> he says, so I'm there and I'm looking at telecasters and fenders. And I'm like, you know, and he, you, he talked about, no, that's too modern. And, and that's too slick. And and that would be, and he ended up finding this older guitar mm-hmm. that he played in the show. And he says, this is it this is the guitar that the doctor would have had and so i just thought it was wonderful uh when he's playing the guitar and the whole axe joke
1: was oh, yeah.
0: was just so silly and so perfect and uh and of course the doctor loves roy orbison that was cool who I, I, wouldn't was... right
1: yeah exactly <laughs>
0: Okay, now that we've gone on a sidetrack and I'm so glad you enjoyed the Doctor Who uh, episode. And yes, please check out the podcast. So tell us about your musical podcast and how we can find you.
1: Uh, it's, uh, we're hosted on the Potomac Network. It's, uh, we started with a show called Macca's Reservation Radio, because we live on the Re- Navajo Reservation here in okay. Arizona. That, uh, that turned into a once a month podcast where it t- gives, it gives me about an hour's worth of material to play once a month for everybody, what I'm listening to for that month. Oh, nice. Um, then we do another show called Mix Tapes Every Now and Then, where it's like a, back in the old days where they used to do mixed cassettes, we do 90 minutes of a certain artist Ooh, or a nice. certain scene. We did a um, Harold and Maude soundtrack uh, maybe a couple years back. Okay. Um, we did uh, a whole episode on the Beatles, you know, all the way from beginning to the end of the Beatles, you know, the clash, my, just my personal favorites. Okay. Um, top five records is just a 20 minute show. My all time top five, you know, uh, records of a certain artist or a certain theme. We did uh, Alice Cooper last week. Right. And we did the Born to Run last month for the anniversary. It was on the same day. Um, yeah, I just, I like doing that one. Just that's 20 minutes, gets you through your day real fast. And our most popular podcast is Delicious Hellfire, which is, I call a weekly drink of a podcast. You know, yes. if it's in, have a beer, talk music, talk movies, pop culture, just anything that comes to your mind and, and just have a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, you had many nice things to say about love and mercy and that was such a great movie.
1: And um, I thought so too. And I thought the way they did it with yes. different actors was absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah. And Cusack dug deep, but Paul Dano, wow, that, that was a revelation. You know, um,
0: it is the. They actually could, and I don't know if this will happen, but, you know, they could, both could be. Best Supporting Actor nominations as Oscars because oh, they both did a really great job and and you know Dano even looked like Brian and I heard,
1: heard some of his voices actually in yes the, yeah.
0: and and so and then you know and both of them in interviews said that. You know, they didn't meet Brian at first, but what they did is they pl- listened to the pet sound sessions, the you know the smile sessions, smile session. and just listened over and over and over again. And I-, I will tell you, you know, at the end when she says, "What do we do next?" and he looks and they start playing a certain song. I will not spoil it.
1: <laughs> I
0: just cried both times I saw it in the theater. Um, wow. And. And then, when you see Brian today doing love and mercy
2: beautiful.
0: uh is just beautiful and I agree. Um, and you know and that's talk about someone who's had some miles, and I think you guys talked about that there's you know how is he alive you know yeah. how okay. is he he's you know he's outlived dennis he's outlived carl um and it is just amazing to hear him. And his latest Peer Pressure is not, No Peer Pressure is not a bad CD. You know, okay. it is, yeah, you should check it out. Um, I haven't
1: checked it out yet. Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge uh, Brian Molson fan for as long as I can remember. You know, you can, uh, it's just that movie. I think we think the, the only quibble we, I think we discussed was you would buy the, the movie. And I said I, I wouldn't. The only reason I wouldn't was I, I, I don't know, I saw a little bit like, I don't want to spoil, but maybe his Brian Wilson's father and Dr. Landy, some of those yeah. scenes kind of hit home to me type of thing. And I think yeah. that's kind of bothered me a little, but man, it's just, I, I, I like the fact they focus on Brian. Yes. And The beach boys movie it was a Brian Wilson movie. And was. there's a lot of stuff about Brian Wilson that, and even my friends, I've been telling them to watch this movie and they don't yeah. know who Brian Wilson is, but they did go, I cried at the end of this movie or yeah. I was you know, like, I really want to check it out. And it's a really lovely film. And, masterfully done it all the actors in it were just stellar yeah and it, was and, and, it was amazing
0: and it made me go look up the wrecking uh, crew uh documentary yeah it's actually you know? on
1: netflix I think. yeah
0: and it is a really wonderful to see um you know another thing they talked about is they hired real musicians uh for the studio yeah. yeah and so that was brilliant yeah because that way you know they were telling them as they filmed what to do, and it was uh, amazing. I, um, well, I gotta tell you, Dylan, I'm gonna invite myself sometime. Um, we should do a Brian Wilson. Version where we pick oh, yes. different Beach Boy and Brian Wilson songs and uh, see. I'm just inviting myself to your podcast because. Oh no worries, no we worries. Are, we are best buds now. Oh thank you, Jesse. <laughs> I that just love. Great. It has been a joy talking to you. you um, so um, you said um, you could find it on.
1: Uh, macasrezradio.dot.potemac.dot.com. M a c c a s r e z r a d i On social media, I am at Maca McManus. If you want to give me a follow on Twitter, yes, uh, there's like a couple more. Uh, at Radio on Twitter. At uh, the Hellfire on Twitter. We have Snapchat, Instagram. Okay. Same thing. I don't know. <laughs> there's so <Yep>. many. <laughs> and, and I will tell you this. I
0: recommend this podcast a lot because. Um, it is, you know, it is great traveling companions, um, a real diverse, uh, love of music. And it is, um, it, it really is like, you've got a buddy, um, in the car with you, you know, that as you talked about, Hey, I, I did a, I did a mixed CD for us to do on our road trip, Mm -hmm. you know, and okay, let's plug it in there. And, you know, and you just have all this different, really well done the music put together and it's uh, a lot of fun
1: oh yes oh yes Thanks. thank
0: you very much we love doing it each and every week good so if you want to be on the podcast and talk about bruce and all that implies please send an email at set bruce at gmail.com we do have a facebook page please check that out and like us And I'd appreciate you going to iTunes to rate and review us. This helps people find us. Dylan, any final words?
1: Uh, thank you all. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast. I had a really great time. I hope we can do it again very very soon. You, all the listeners out there set set lusting Bruce, you know, we all love Bruce, you know. It's just, it's just a common thing, you know. And uh not many are not many people are lucky as us to lo- love Bruce as much as we do. And, and, and I'll just say that the same thing if uh, end of the show type of thing is what we use for delicious hellfire, which is in the end nobody wins unless everybody wins.
0: Amen. And I'm just going to end with, I don't understand, darling. What was my sin? Why am I down here below and your arms are open to him? What did I do? What did I say? What must I pay to get you to talk to me? Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.